Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am running a Shadow Dark RPG campaign called The Gloaming, based on the setting of The Gloaming in Cursed Scroll 1 by Kelsey Dion of Arcane Library. It's a Shadow Dark, one of the Shadow Dark supplements. Really having a good time with it. Really enjoying the system. We're going to talk all about the system. Talk about, like, one of the things that this these videos do that's different than just my normal GM prep is that I'm also learning a lot about Shadow Dark while running it. And I'm sharing those experiences. I'm talking to the other Shadow Darklings on the Discord server and learning a lot from them. And really very interesting conversations going on. G always getting comments back from folk on YouTube with their thoughts, many of which are good, some of which are okay, at least worth reading, I guess. A lot of strong opinions and yeah and then doing that while i'm while i'm prepping my game this show like all of the work of sly flourish is brought to you by page the patrons of sly flourish patrons get access to all kinds of awesome exclusive features a dedicated discord server the monthly q a city of arches source book uncovered secrets volume one and two a bunch of exclusive adventures whole big pile of stuff lots of different things that you get for being a patron of sly flourish and to the patrons of sly flourish thank you so much for your outstanding support so last week was my fourth game, something like that. They were in the lower reaches of the the ruins of Marrow, which were a, a, a dungeon beneath the ruined tower. They went to the ruined tower, which is area 102 up in the upper left corner. They fought a bunch of bandits in the tower itself, bandits that were trying to recover a weird idol that they found below. They killed the bandits and then were convinced by a dwarf that they were there to rescue, that they should go down into the dungeon below and get the idol itself because it is both dangerous, it is dangerous, powerful, and uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting trick for me, which from a motivation standpoint, if you put a MacGuffin in your game, but you make multiple reasons to get the MacGuffin, then everybody will go for it regardless of what their motivation is. So if you think about like, what are the main things that motivate characters? If you think about character motivation, which is something character motivation, the assumption I think for Shadow Dark is that character motivation is treasure and discovery, that your goal is to go find old relics or find powerful treasure or find money. There's, you know, a lot of the focus of the game seems to be on that idea that like A, you level up by getting treasure. B, you use treasure and gold in order to do carousing and carousing is what gets you experience points as well as everything else. So there's definitely a focus. I'm still of the like, hey, I, I like to have some character motivations that might be something beyond treasure. And so the players kind of bring that too. So one trick is if you think about like the main motivations that draw characters into dangerous places in your fantasy role playing games, treasure is certainly a big one. Like, hey, treasure is one. Discovery is one on its own. Like just learning about things and discovering things is one. Stopping evil, right? Pushing back evil is is definitely one and growing in power getting getting power so if you think about all of those when you can find like one item that has all of that bundled into one package so that everybody oh wait that was really valuable maybe we could sell it and another group's like oh that's really powerful what if i could learn from it and i could learn new powers from it and another one's like well you need to get that before bad people get it because in our hands it's far safer than other people's hands and then you know the other one was like hey we could just you know we could just cash that thing out so having lots of motivations to get single items or you go into single dungeons, I think could be uh, a useful, that's, there's, there's your first tip of the day, right? Is think about the things that motivate the characters. When you, when you actually know who the characters are, you can motivate them directly, but even indirectly, you can say, what are the main motivations for adventures overall? Money, power, stopping evil, 
discovering new things. And you can build all of those into like, so the characters went down into the into the depths of the 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 ruins of Marrow. They got the idol, but I thought it was fun that the idol had lots of little spiky bits and that it would be hard to pick up and that you had to like make a dex check every time you handled it to not get pierced and and it would like suck the blood up. I don't know what that would do exactly, but I'm like it'd be kind of fun if the idol sucked up your blood when you when you when you got poked on it. Now I have to be careful too, because like if it does a D4 damage, that could kill most of my characters. <laughs> I could drop them to zero. They finished the the dungeon of marrow. I think they they saw they found the gateway below, and they used the idol to close the gateway with some intelligence checks and like channeling arcane energy into the idol and using the idol. I think they had to channel divine energy into it to close the gate. They could channel arcane energy into it along with a blood sacrifice to open the gate further. It was sort of, the gate was sort of in a half open state. It's weird, like gate with like, you know, the wall was like sunken in and there was like cilia and they could see on the other side. There was a creature on the other side trying to get to them. I don't know what that was. But, and at one point it looked like one of the character's mothers. And they managed to close the gate and they saw, I think I did like a cavern creeper that was like worshiping the gate and they saw that and like, let's not face that thing. So they... They left, they, you know, quickly scuttled together and got out, out of the dungeon itself. And then they tried to camp for the night and they heard in the middle of the night, I rolled a check and it was far away and it was orcs. This was something I wish I had done a little differently. They had far away and it was orcs. And I said that like one of the characters who's on watch heard the orcs and what did they do? And, and the player, and I think this is one where it's like, yeah, are you sure you guys want to do that? He's like, who's out there? He, like, he yells at them. And then they're like, huh? And then they sent a couple in. And I made the orcs kind of like your traditional orcs. I was like, well, they're orcs that worship one of the other gods. And I, I don't know if I rolled on one of the other gods. I think it was other followers of the, of, you know, the, 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 the marrow, the marrow monsters. What is the name of the critter? So what I wish I had done is instead of making the orcs your your traditional like hide wearing spear wielding you know in this case i still said like they're orc worshipers or whatever so i wasn't doing the true bioessentialist bio like oh all the orcs are bad here but i what, what i what i could have done and what i wish i would have done is made them knights of saint yidrith so that there was like a, a handful of orcs that are knights of saint yidrith that they came and they came to find the idol because they know how evil it is and they want to take it and they will take it by force from whoever has it to bring it back to their thing. That would have been more fun. I will probably add like an encounter like that somewhere else. Undaluk is the name of the, you know, the marrow fiend Undaluk is the name of the, the creature. And I think it, that, it would have been more interesting to have Knights of St. Yidrith, the or- Orcish Knights of St. Yidrith who came to the tower to try to find the idol themselves you know, and we're going to go head down there to look for it. And then the players have to decide, do we tell them we have it? Do we not tell them we have it? You know, do we fight them because they're going to try to take it? And then the the, the orc knights of St. Eater. Anyway, I guess what could have happened is not important because what did happen is they, I think they ended up intimidating them. They showed them the idol, which freaked them out and the orcs fled, but then more orcs are going to come. I think I'm still going to have those orcs be like scouts of the knights of St. Idrith. might be more interesting. So then we started a hex crawl, and I have not done a hex crawl yet in Shadow Dark, so it was interesting to learn how hex crawls work. And I, I think I made 
only one real big mistake, which is that the hexes in the gloaming are only two miles. And I thought that they were typical hex size. So when I, let's see, Overland Travel, page 90. So in this case, they said the hexes are six miles across. Well, not in the gloaming. And here they're only two miles across, which means six, you know, in, in PCs can travel eight hours a day. They must increase their contract to push further. Hexes are six miles across. And the number of, you know, the time per hex is four hours, which means they could, in, the way I did it is that they could cross two hexes in a day. I don't know if I have to stick to that now where let's see. So if they, if instead the hexes are two miles across, now I got to do a bunch of math, right? So walking in a, in normal terrain is four hours per six miles. Oh God. So what is that? So if it's two, the four divided by three, <laughs> why, why, why are they making it so hard? Why is this two miles across? I have to do like trigonometry. You know, I have to do algebra. It's like one hour, one and a half hours or something like that. It's like one, what is it? So four divided by six. Is that right? No, I don't have that right. I think, is it one and a half miles? I think it's one and a half miles. Do I have that right? No, four divided by three, right? Yeah, it's 1.3 hours <laughs> per hex. We're going to just round that up to two, right? They'll say like, it takes two hours to cross the hex. And I, I think that that would be, that makes more sense. So then it's a matter of, okay, how often, and this is, this is something that I found a little tricky is a lot of the different rules and we should, I'm, I think, I think what we're going to do is fire up Notion and write this down because I kind of need a reference page to, to remind me how to handle hex travel, like all the things that happen. It is 17. So I've got my new notes. I can, I'll keep the notes from last week. I will move these down here. And one of the things, we'll just add a page and, and we're gonna, whoops, what did that do? So let's see, hexes are two miles across. Normal speed, it takes roughly two hours to cross a hex. Normal speed on normal terrain, walking speed on normal terrain takes roughly two hours to cross a hex. The gloaming, we're going to say that the gloaming woods are, are considered unsafe. That means that you do a check every three hours. And of course, that means that you, you check every other hex, right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, man. Every other hex. You know, check every other hex. I think that's right. That makes sense, right? Because every three hexes is six hours. And you would check every third, every three hours. So you check for an encounter every three hours. So you travel a hex. And I think the encounter that you check for is a, a 50%. So this is where I, 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 I lost something. I couldn't find, and I, I can't remember where. Somebody reminded me where. And maybe somebody here in, in, in uh, Twitch chat will remind me. That when you're checking for encounters... So there's crawling rounds. They can rest anywhere, but doing so inside a dungeon or a palace that carries a high chance of failure due to the risk of random encounters. While characters are resting in a dangerous environment, the game master checks for random encounters using the overland travel cadence. Unsafe, risky. Okay, right. But I think somewhere, isn't it a... I think it's a three and six chance, right? 
if I recall, it's not the same one in six that you roll for crawling. It's something else. But I don't remember where that is. Random encounter is a way to keep it up. How often? Check for a random encounter based on the environment's danger level, unsafe, uh, risky, deadly. To check for a random encounter, GM rolls 1d6 on account. GM might also check for overland travel. Check on random encounters based on hours and place of travel. But somewhere it had a... I, I swear I saw... Maybe I should check it. I swear somewhere in here it had a 3 and 6. That, that when you did a... When you did a check... Let me just check in here. Yeah, here it is. Minutes pass. Effects with the duration of rounds expire. The GM rolls one random encounter check that occurs on a 1 to 3 on a D6 while time is passing. So time passes. Every moment in the game doesn't have to be accounted for in real time. For example, if the characters want to spend 10 minutes, I guess that's still during... I don't think that that happens when you're doing tracking along encounter. So I think... So my, I guess my question, an outstanding question, is when rolling for an encounter during overland travel, do you roll one on a 1d6 or three on a 1d6? I don't know. I would also like to do weather, right? Let's see, these aren't steps, these are notes. Is there anything about weather? I don't know if Shadow Dark has anything about weather. No, no there's, if there's a weather table, it is not here. That would be a fun thing to add. So I'd like to, I'd like to add a weather table. We could whip one up ourselves, of course. That's kind of specific to the, the gloaming might be kind of fun. You could do like a, almost like a Mjorkberg style weather. So the steps for a hex crawl. Determine the pace. I don't know if they have a different pace. The pace, difficulty, and danger, right? And we'll say typically. How come I can't spell typically? I'm having a stroke. Typically, two hours per hex walking and it's considered unsafe. Determine whether. They're not really going to get lost, I think. There is a, like, you know, determine whether they can get lost. Roads, they can't get lost, but traveling through the woods, they might get lost. We could do a little thing. And I think there's a system for that. And then roll for an encounter every other hex. Or, you know, add one when things are boring. I don't know. We'll see. Getting my head around it. Anyway, we did a hex crawl. They camped for the night. I rolled an encounter while they were camping, and that weird Karen dungeon crawler thing followed them out of the dungeon and is kind of like slurping its way across the countryside trying to find the idol. So there's like multiple things that are looking to find the idol, including this big nasty slurpy thing. And which they managed to avoid. It stayed away. It didn't it didn't come to them at the night. And so they managed to avoid it. They got a rest. They they had a hard time getting a rest and completing the rest. And now they're about, you know, a half day's journey away from the village. And they just ran into Drusilla, the, and this is our strong start, right? Meeting, and she's the medicine woman. And she has some, I, I, when I rolled an encounter, it was like a hag is in the woods with a truffle pig. And I was like, ooh, not a hag, the hag, right? And... They, yeah, so she, she's going to see the characters. She's going to run into them. They'll probably assume, I don't know, they'll probably figure out pretty clearly that she's a hag, but we'll find out. And I was like, oh, it's a perfect opportunity to tie into this story that's already exists inside the thing, which is that there's this witch named Drusilla who is actually poisoning the town that she's supposedly helping. And that really gets into like our secrets and clues that they can discover from Drusilla. And the secrets are that the, the people of Wardenwood, their skin is pale and clammy 
They sweat a strange milky substance. They have a persistent coughs. Drusilla is giving them poultices and essential oils to stave off the sickness. What does she think is causing it? I think she she believes that sacrilegious, that the Knights of St. Yidrith out of, and what location are the Knights of St. Yidrith out of? 1406, Greywall Priory. So Drusilla believes the Knights of St. Yidrith out of the Greywall Priory have something deep in their cellars causing the sickness of the wood and of Warden Wood. Who, so we have these sort of dark entities. It's funny that lack, I have lack here. I can delete that. So the factions that we have, we have Almazat, wolf-headed archdemon with six eyes. Almazat seeks to wrest the sands from uh, his father, uh, Kytheros, uh, the god over the, the god over Marrow, right? Kytheros, Lord of Time, he seeks all possible futures. Mugdolblub, Mugdolblub, Elder Ooze. Does she worship Mugdolblub? Shun the Vile. She's probably a... So the, the trick with, yeah, Underlook, the Marrow Fiend, right, is there. I guess these are, yeah, so I've created like gods and factions. And if I make her follow a follower of Shun the Vile then that would tie Drusilla to one of the characters, but that could cause like a conflict if it's like, well, the character follows Shun the Vile. And so I don't think she does. She doesn't follow the Fae Queen. She doesn't follow the Willow Man. She doesn't follow St. Yidrith. So she could, I, I've had a whole lot of different groups that are tied to like Almazat and and the, the Marrow Fiend, Underluck. I think probably the idea that she follows like the elder ooze might be more fun make a new page in the shadow dark gloaming gloaming database there it is bang follows the way of of mugdal blub i'm never gonna be able to spell that we'll make a new npc for mugdal blub drizilla follows the way of mugdal blub she's been cursing well wait, let's see that's a secret on its own have been cursing the people of Wardenwood with an oozy idol. The curse can be, if the idol is, let's see. Is it, I mean, we have another, we already did an idol. Let's do another monument and we'll go to our old monument generator here. I'm gonna use my random monument. I should create a gloaming list, but I, I can, let's see, floating infested geode. That sounds pretty cool. Infested glass shrine, infernal crystalline statue, frozen bloody altar. We could just have an altar, right? An oozy, an oozy bloody altar would be kind of cool. So she has an altar there. She's been cursing them, but they probably need an object to remove the curse. And I think let's create an item, an ancient ghoulish glass eye. I like that. Kept now held deep in the, and this is where we're gonna put the hook in for Bitter Mold Keep, right? I think Bitter Mold Keep is the, the dungeon that's actually in the book, yeah. An ancient ghoulish eye of Mugdolblub now held deep in Bitter Mold Keep can, curse, can cure the curse, it can cure the curse of the people of Wardenwood. So that gives him a motivation to go to Mugdolblub 
They go there, they delve, they find the glass eye, they bring it back, they use the glass eye to remove the curse from the people of Mugnablub, or the people of um, Wardenwood, and then everybody's happy. That is good. The tree, each, the trees of Wardenwood, of the gloaming, are, have, are, are cursed by, by, who is it? Oh, those are locations. Almazat, right? But I think specifically by Undaluk, by Undaluk the Marrow Fiend. They drip a strange milky uh, liquid. That, yeah, so we're going to have the, instead of the sweat, they, the sweat in the strange milky substance, we're going to get rid of that from the people because that, that you know, skin is pale and clammy. Their bodies are flabby. Their bones weaken. They're turning into oozes, right? But that's going to be different than the marrow trees. The cult of marrow wants to bring them, wants to bring wants to break the border, shatter the border between the world of marrow and the gloaming. Each tree is its own small tear between worlds. That's cool. What else? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got three more secrets. The Knights of St. Jude uh, will cut through anyone or anything they think is in the way between them and true evil. The Knights of St. Yudrith have embraced the darkness they face in order to battle or because they believe it is the only way it is the only way to defeat the darkness of other worlds. The leader of the what is he called? Greaves Redthorn. Greaves Redthorn is also a secret leader of the cult of Marrow. He wants the idol to open up the portals between worlds. Cool. All right. Lots of secrets. So I'm good. I'm good. I got lots of lore to give out. That's great. But what are we actually going to do in the game? So they're going to meet Drusilla the medicine woman. We'll see how that goes. They will return to Wardenwood. We're going to have downtime. We're going to try out our first downtime session. We'll see how that goes. There's a couple of scenes I'd like them to find. I think the the twisted marrow tree. This is like an encounter. I guess it's kind of a location. And the idea is there's a torn open marrow tree. Branches, the tree is split open. And there's this like sickly white ooze thick inside the tree. Branches of the tree have pierced through the bodies of three worshipers, pinning them to the ground around the tree. That's kind of a fun, a fun encounter, a fun thing to run into, right? And maybe there's an item, an unholy item. And what would that item be? I like my little item generator. An ancient dwarven medallion. Hmm. Psionic gnomish knife. That's not bad. We'll say a psionic fairy knife. There's an unholy psionic fairy knife held in the hands of one of the worshippers that they used to slice open the tree. I think it is a plus one dagger. And it is a... Like a... Defiled... Fae. That's a defiled fairy dagger. That lets the characters... Lets the character who wields it... Hear the thoughts of one character each day. 
That's fun. And it's a three XP. I think it's a treasure. I can't find my treasure table. The value of treasure. Where's that? It is probably, yeah, it's fabulous treasure, I think. That would be a three. I think, however, creatures lurk around the cursed split tree. What creatures? So we there's a, the gloaming has a random table, I think. I thought there was a random encounter table for the gloaming. Oh, there's a whole diabolical treasure thing. This is cool. I should have used that. Oh, well. These are spells. I thought there was a random table of monsters when you went lurking around the gloaming. Here we go. Encounters. So we would say almost certainly this is demon-based. Let's roll a D8. Where's my D8? The Willow Man. The Willow Man is there. How close is the Willow Man? So now we roll on our other shadow dark tables, which I'd typically forgotten, which is how far away it is. D6, the further you, higher you roll, the further away it is. It is far away, and the activity it is doing is four, five. It is eating. Ooh, the Willow Man is nearby eating something. I wonder what it is devouring and how it devours. That's pretty great. All right. So we got like a, you know, twisted marrow tree encounter. I don't know where I'm going to put that or when, but I, I dig it. Oh, the, the, the knights, the orcs of St. Yidrith would be a fun, a fun potential encounter. And then there, you know, paths, next, you know, next options. There's a few, right? They could visit Drusilla if they haven't, if they haven't already dealt with her. I don't think I'll make that an option. You know, go to Mugdal Blub, which is called what? Bitter Malt Keep. That is an option. Go to the Bitter Mold Keep to end the curse on Wardenwood. Delve into the well, the, the, the Wardenwood well, to see what is causing the curse. And that's a secret that we want to drop in. The curse comes from an altar poisoning the water of Wardenwood down in the well below the town. Delve into the warden would well. What is another? Go to the bandit. Go to the red thorn. Is it red thorn? Yeah. And deal with Greaves red thorn. That is one. They have the bones of the the bones of the green knights back to not Marin's hold. They hate Marin's hold. The Meyer castle ruins. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Stop. Stop. Stop the insanity. That didn't work. Never mind. Do they have any other quests or any other rumors? There's one, the sage, where is he now? The, save, the, sage, the elf sage Haldren used to come and visit Wardenwood, but hasn't been seen in some time. His tower looms over Fenmere Lake. He's supposedly gone for a century, but it might be more interesting if he's, it's been, he's been gone for months because Drusilla got rid of him. That might be kind of a fun thing. Well, I got piles of secrets. I got some scenes. I've got, you know, the strong start's pretty simple. I've got some NPCs listed. Monsters, we're going to roll randomly. We're not going to worry about that. Treasure, I've already got listed, so I'm not going to worry about that because we can count on the game to help it with, I guess, with a lot of those things. So... What do I have everything that I need? I've got my strong start. I've got a big pile of secrets. They're mostly heading back to town. There's that, and another secret, right, is 
a what are the a dungeon creeper who seeks the idol of of Undaluk. It hunts in the forest. I think I've got everything I need. I feel I feel pretty good about it. One of the things that's interesting about running Shadow Dark, it is very easy to run. It's very easy and it's very easy to prep for. Like it's a, such a straightforward RPG that it's really pretty straightforward to to you know you can count on the tables a lot of time you can count on you know other aspects of it there is sort of like a you know the original like dragon quest style of you know you can mostly count on random encounters and then maybe have like one fixed encounter in a location so an example i don't know if i made it yet the caverns of the warden would well for example is one of the dungeons and I, I, I haven't really filled it out with anything yet. I haven't decided really what's down here. And I can mostly count on the random tables to, to do it for me. I guess the one question is there are some areas down here that I, I think I could even roll on this, right? I could roll randomly. We could do it for right now. So you can see there's like secret areas with like vaults here that are that are man-made, right? That are worked work. What I can do is go to my faction list and I can kind of roll on this list. One, two, it goes up to eight, I think. It goes up to nine. Who are we going to pull? Well, we'll do eight because that doesn't need to be another Undaluk. We already have Undaluk. There's my D8. Did I lose my D8? There it is, right in the middle. One. So they look, could be Crypts of Almazat, except I think, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my mind. We're going to go with Kytheros, right? Cause, because I think it'd be fun to introduce another faction. And, Kyth you know, the, the idea that there's like Crypts of Kytheros down here, I think could be fun. Kytheros, if we go back to, is this, which book is this? So Kytheros, right, has these patron boons. There's, is there a description of Kytheros? Father of Almazat. Lord of time who seeks all possible futures. Kythira seeks the fulfillment of all destinies as they were meant to be. That's weird. So we'll fill it up and we'll see what goes on there. Could be kind of fun. So we'll see how that goes. So I think I am all set for my game today. Let's just do another run through. Let's, you know what? We never did take a look at the old notes. Why don't we take a look at the old notes? Recover the idol. They did that. Continue exploring. They kind of did a little bit. Return to town. They double back. We did the exploration. We haven't done downtime. So yeah, this is what the options were last time was investigate the, the Red Thorn outpost, visit Drusilla. And, you know, I'm, 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 I want them to go to Bitter Mold Keep. I really do. I'm kind of like, eh, why don't you go to Bitter Mold Keep? So I'm going to give them like a couple of good reasons to go to Bitter Mold Keep. World of Marrow is bleeding into this world. You can smell it in the air and feel it in the deep roots of the Marrow trees. Yes. More than one unholy influence curses the gloaming. Yes, they learned that. Three gates exist, one in the ruins of Marrow, one in the grandfather tree in the bandit camp, and one in the gate of Almazat in the wolf caves near the corrupted henge. The world of Marrow is the home of Almazat, the wolf-headed archdemon with six eyes and six horns. Almazat seeks to wrest the sands of ages from his father, Kytheros. The people of Wardenwood are sick. They depend on herbalists for poultices and essential oils. Yes. People of Wardenwood are turning into ooze people. Yes. Drusilla, these are not, they didn't learn this stuff, but it's, they got moved forward. Very own poisoning in their well. Large cavern exists between the well. Working with the forces under like a Mugdalblub. I think we're going to go with Mugdalblub. She points to the people of Wardenwood with the curse of Mugdalblub that's been brought in. We're going to just copy that one over. So all that kind of happened. Or all those were were relevant. I'm going to just replace, replace that one because it was a little bit more detailed. So I got lots of details here of things that they can learn while they're, while they're going about their, while they're going about their business. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I feel good. I feel good about what I got.
So I want to thank all of you for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my Shadow Dark RPG. If you enjoyed this show and you want more stuff like this, you want to you want to see all of the different things I do, the best way you can do that is to subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. Every week you get an RPG-related email sent directly to your inbox with links to all of the other things that I've made anywhere else, whether it's YouTube videos or podcasts or whatever, you can find it there. You can also join my Patreon. As If you join the Patreon, you get access to a dedicated Discord server, a monthly Q&A, whole bunch of different tools, features, supplements, source books, all kinds of different stuff that you get from becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. And you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, Lazy DM's Companion, and the Lazy DM's Workbook on the Sly Flourish Bookstore. Links for all of those are in the show notes. Thank you all so much. Have a great day and get out there and play a role-playing game.